Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Talk and delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want Isaac to host this one since you said you didn't have a lot to say during the Jedi episode? Oh, that's right, but we're leaving this in. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to leave this in. Okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) Fantastic idea. Okay. Welcome to Grand Mountain. Delicately curated long-form discussion of the international love of Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet tuning voices of your host, Riley. No more questions, Your Honor. Jake? I actually have a question for you guys. (laughs) Should we do it over again and have... A listener, call in and do the intro. Yes, 821 is the phone number, guys. Call in. We're going to get a cease and desist from the fan here in Columbus. Yeah, we have so many listeners that will definitely call that number. <laughs> Don't call that number, actually. And Isaac, that's me. So, guys, this week. <laughs> that was so dumb. But, guys, how, how are we? How, how's it going? Hey. What's going on? I'm I'm all right. I just freshly peed. And I'm good to go. <laughs> Never heard a call that. You know, we're kind of like the personal Star Wars podcast. We get into the deep, we minutia let you know. yeah, of we our let personal you know lives. Our lives are going. Yeah, yes. we don't have a standoffish attitude. We'll let you know. Like, hey, I'll let the listeners know, I just peed too. I'm feeling fresh and hey, fancy free. <laughs> me three, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway. How much are you concerned, by the way, about your bladder? On a scale from one to ten, about a C minus. So, guys, the last time we talked, there had been some news. Go- People had responses to our news segment. You know what happened is that we... Got some feedback on our various... Follow us on Twitter. Write us an email. Wait. Do we have any emails before you make such a bold statement? <gasps> oh, my goodness. Do we have an email? Jake, this is important. Do uh, we guys, have, guys, 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 guys. Do we have an email? We have 70... Oh, that's my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> I like, we have 76 emails. Wow. Uh, I just run. don't delete my inbox ever. <laughs> Um, we do have a listener. Most podcasts will read their emails at the bottom of the show, but are we going for the top? Yes. Do you actually want me to read it? Sure, why not? Peep. Let's do it. We last time we did our dedication What's at the it top of the episode, and then we're going to get back, yeah, to the news, which we'll, we'll get into that in a second. We listen. We have news to talk, and about. we know that we don't. Want, we're not going to dwell on it, but anyway. <laughs> so the we got an email from a listener, Ooh. Robert. Oh, Robert. Robert. Thanks for writing in. Robert. And I almost read my response to him. Can I call you Bob? Sin? Doug? Nuts? <laughs> Don't about, call him that. What about Bobby? Robert wrote to us, and maybe we should blank out his last name. Yeah, last name withheld. We don't need to talk about the last name. Listener Robert said, guys, it's my first time emailing in, so I'm going to be short and sweet with this one. Been listening since episode one, and I have to say I love your show. Don't ever stop producing this glorious content because I will forever listen to your soothing voices while I drive to work or go about my chores. We hold you to that, Robert. Hope you all have a good week. Can't wait to hear your next show. And you know what? We did have a good week because that email brightened our weeks. I'm going to cry. I'm so happy. That's so nice. (laughs) Robert, you are too much. Stop. We are sobbing right now. (laughs) That's a loud stop. Literally stop it because we're sobbing and we can't continue with the show if you keep saying nice things. I... The first time I read it, it was okay. Second time through, I was that's when the ugly crying started. Now, listen, I don't know that bit. Now listen. That's a deep cut. That's a very deep cut. It's gotta stay. That in. was Ugh. super nice. That was very, very nice. It was that was incredible. I'm Robert. gonna tell you something right now. 
we, we don't, don't get a lot of feedback when we do it's really nice we don't know that person right like no. we don't know him that's no. awesome i love you Robert. because i promise we do get a lot of feedback from people that we know in yeah real life. but that doesn't matter if you, <laughs> if, if you know me and you're listening don't even tell me you like it because oh, i don't care guys if you <laughs> listen and you know me please tell me because i need constant validation actually yeah you, Christina can, you can tell me you like it too <laughs> so i <laughs> how's that going by the way jake oh, hey no. it's going great she's listening right now can we get a dating update Jake's, Guys, Jake's dates update. Okay. Jake's love corner. Jake's love corner. So we, <laughs> it's going great. We went to see a play yesterday. Ooh. Our local in German Village in Ohio. We went to see. They do free plays in the park. It's Shakespeare in the park, but it was not Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, it was a um, playwright from the same time period. It was called like Empire of the Moon. Empire of Dreams. Ooh. It was one of the, the first sci-fi play. It was the first sci-fi play. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so we um, made it through the first half and realized yeah. that it was only the first half. You didn't stay oh. past the in- intermission, huh? Guys, we, we got some coffee. We went to a bookstore. We had a nice little time. Cute. Aww. Lovely evening. Fun Adorbs. fact. I was last at that sort of event seven years ago at Shakespeare in the Park in German Village. Okay. As part of my uh, <laughs> summer reading project for a senior English class, I had to go see a live rendering of the play Macbeth by... <laughs> Dr. William Shakespeare. Why do you say things weird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Macbeth? <laughs> <laughs> Layers of stupidity. In anyway, show. Robert. Thanks. Robert. <laughs> thank you, Robert. 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 Thank you, Robert. Robert. Okay. Robert. Robert. Thank, no. Robert, thank you. So now, we had a nice email. Uh, yeah. Now, here's what we were saying before. Yeah, news. Feedback. Well, yeah, we did get other feedback. I think the reason why we mentioned that is because, guys, if you say something nice about us, like an email or a Twitter or a review and rating mm-hmm. on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. We'll dedicate an episode to you. So this episode is hey. dedicated to Robert. Yep. And with a light dedication still to our good friend Shanmark. We're going to give a holdover. The residual. <laughs> the, the residual. OG. We're going to give a holdover. And I'm going to say that there's always going to be a holdover because now Robert's not getting a full dedication because he's sharing it with Shan Merck. <laughs> so we have to then yeah, the, the next one, a holdover yeah. dedication to Robert. So If we get good enough, our shows will be a one-hour roll call. That's our goal, guys. <laughs> yeah. We got some feedback on some people felt on our Thrawn episode. And I don't think you guys will agree with this. Maybe got feedback. Never put feedback in a corner. But we got <laughs> or so, Rodian <laughs> or Jake in our last book episode <laughs> or next or next book episode. <laughs> this is the worst podcast of all time. <laughs> but we got some feedback that I don't understand. It said that we were too much preamble to News Gun Ray and not enough to, news to, to what News Gun Ray. My lord, is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. So, that's our news segment. The uh, first time we had a normal segment, we went over the news. The second time we did it on our Thrawn episode, people felt like we sped through the news too quickly and had too much preamble. So we're going to actually do it like a normal, like our first episode. We'll actually read the news. Right. No preamble. No news. preamble. So, so, we, so what are we doing right now? Jump right in. What is this okay. called? News gun ready. Okay. My lord, is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. And Dave Filoni hey. of Star Wars Rebels 
And we're gonna breathe. And we're gonna actually spend some time on. Now this. wait a minute. Did he do Clone Wars too? Right. He did Clone Wars. Okay. Name that one series of movies that he enjoys besides the Star Wars franchise. In I'm gonna say D and Nah. Joe. Yep. Indiana Joe yet? <laughs> I've never heard of it. Anyway, so so he, that, that's the same Dave Filoni that were it was his tweet. Yeah. Okay. The guy who did Clone Wars and, and Rebels. that Filoni has a first name, which is Dave. D A V E. Why? So, Dave. Davey Filoni. Filoni. Okay. Oh my little Clone Wars one. Clone Wars one. This is making it a lot better. Talk about Dave Filoni. <laughs> I'm going to try to take it as long as possible. <laughs> now, this is the guy that where he always has a cowboy hat on, right? What Dave, is it that same Dave what Filoni? What Dave Filoni has done is he's realized, hey, Indiana Jones is cool, <clears throat> and this is kind of his iconic look, but what if I just made it my iconic look, too? <laughs> I saw someone cosplay as Dave Filoni at Celebration. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was just him. <laughs> yeah, that was just him. <laughs> well, I should have said I. So anyway, this is Dave Filoni, wears a cowboy hat, did Clone Wars and Rebels. What, what Does he have he a Twitter tweet? account? Yeah, it's at Dave underscore Filoni. Got it. Makes sense. And it's verified. <clears throat> oh. So Jealous. he tweeted, and when this man tweets, the world listens. Oh, I know I did. I because actually had my phone read it to me. Sometimes. Tweet Filoni. So, so sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes. The Beatles song. So sometimes. So sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes when he tweets. <laughs> He tweets a picture that he did about Ahsoka. But this time... Who's that? (laughs) On Star Wars, the Clone Wars, on Star Wars, the Rebels, there's a two lightsaber... Are those on the same network? Two antlered... Funny story. See, they both started... Well, like, Clone Wars, I think, was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, if you're moving a little faster, this new segment. Well, look. Okay. Anyway, it was on Cartoon Network. Um, now the sixth season of Clone Wars, they actually it actually got canceled hmm? on Cartoon Network. So Netflix. Why? Um, you know, I think it just wasn't pulling in the ratings that everybody wanted. So then, for the sixth season, maybe Netflix, it's not as good as people say it is. <sighs> oh, hey now, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> and and so. Netflix did the sixth season. Huh. Now Rebels. Do you have Netflix, interesting guys? note. Yeah, I have. I have Netflix. You have I Netflix, watch Jake? a lot of stuff. What's your password? Um, eight two one ninety seven ten. Is it cool? Star Wars ninety six one six one four eight two one ninety seven ten. Yes. <laughs> um, but then I'll see with Rebels. That was after Disney had bought Star Wars for four billion dollars. Mm. Was it four billion or two billion? Four. A transaction that changed the world. Yeah. <laughs> so. Rebels was actually not done on Cartoon Network because Cartoon Network is is like a competitor of Disney who had just bought <gasps> Star Wars. So Disney actually, when they bought it, they put Rebels on their channel, no, Disney they XD. And what a lot of people don't know is that Star Wars and um, the old Cartoon Network show, I think it was canceled around the fifth season, Clone Wars, they're animated. And so what happens in an animation is that there's cartoon men and they have to make the move so that the words can come out of their mouths. So, 
Dave Filoni tweeted, and he tweeted a picture, and he tweeted words, and we're going to read the words. Have you... Wait, I don't have it pulled up. I'm, okay. I want to read along. We'll go around okay. clockwise. Oh, yeah. Clockwise. No, we, should all, we should all read this clockwise. Now, interesting, I want to add this into the... Because I think this is important news about this tweet. Okay. little backstory. He has this tweet pinned. Now, what that means is he wants people to see it. So the first thing... Does that hurt the Twitter when there's... It might, but like the first thing when you go to Dave Filoni's Twitter profile, Mm. the first thing you see will be this tweet. Yeah. I think that's important to to mention. It's almost like... Think of how his his hat is kind of pinned to his head all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This Twitter always has its hat, which is this tweet. Is that where they got the idea? Right. Yeah. That's where George Lucas got the idea for the hat for Indiana Jones. Dave Filoni. So he did a tweet. And it says, have you ever noticed how much CM Tower in Toronto looks like one of the towers on Lothal? Question mark. I did. Period. Parentheses. Oh, wait, I messed it up. <laughs> Parentheses. <laughs> and it's a mystery tweet because it says one of two, but there's no there's second no part. Second That's the one. end of News Gun, right? So there's our news. So All that right. was the news. And what we're going to be talking what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because you're presumably going to be wanting to say some negative things about our show right now. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think Jade kind of has an opening statement, which is kind of going to get into our, our main topic. It's kind of uh, introduce us to the thrust of this discussion. Listeners might remember way back around episode two. <laughs> sure. I had an opening statement that I just needed to get off my chest because I wanted to be more positive about yeah. the prequels because it didn't I was, last I was very being long. pretty negative. I didn't stick to it. And Jake is going to tell you right now why he thinks that was the right decision. <laughs> that is not what's happening. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Um, no. So I did want to talk about, and we, this is not just my opening statement because I didn't really write anything down or plan it, but we can all j- jump in here. He does have a piece of paper. In front of I, okay. And it's a couple pieces of paper because it's kind of long. Did you know in uh, book twelve, the the evil experiment, they used what were called dura sheets instead oh, yeah, of paper. It's like yeah, so there's is paper. that what paper is in dura the expanded sheets. universe? Yeah. Did you know Charles Dickens was paid by the word? So Jake, get out your dura sheet. No, hang on a second. No, no, no. Everything stops because of this dura sheets thing. <laughs> they have trees on Yavin Four. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they obviously saved them in. They the just lost city of the Jedi, oh. <laughs> so you can't cut them down anymore. It did have a tree. They went to Camino. Those cloners, they're darn good ones. Camino Island by I'm John concerned. Grisham. Yes. <laughs> How do you think the lawyers got all that paper to write on and then study before the trial? One lawyer, one island, one Star Wars reference. Um. So last episode was Thrawn. No, it wasn't. Yeah. The last episode no. that we released. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. You also didn't like because it was the RPG episode. We had a good time. Hard Sorry. to say if other Ish. people will enjoy it. Sorry, yeah. Two of us had a good time. <laughs> Chelsea bailed out at a certain point, and Riley probably hated editing it. <laughs> but anyway, so you probably want to say some negative things about our show. We want to talk about positivity and fandom. And what I wanted to talk about, because we did do a Thrawn episode, and I was primarily critical of it, but we all said critical things about it. And our show is also built on the back of these EU episodes that we do, we we were always kind of poking fun at the old expanded universe because, you know, the quality was varying, we'll yeah. say. We like to poke fun 
at the not so good aspects of Star Wars and embrace the things that are actually good. Now, my opening statement for myself is that I said some mean things about Thrawn. <laughs> now, it, listeners may not know is that although we had an episode come out after Thrawn, we recorded it the same day. So Ooh. this is the first time we're recording since that. <laughs> Letting them know that. And I've been the able scenes. to I've been able to listen back to that Thrawn episode and realize that <laughs> it was perhaps a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you were being mean. It was vehemently negative. Um, but no, what what I should say is that I love Star Wars. We go back and forth on it. I think we come down to the fact that we love it. <laughs> We've decided Actually, we haven't checked in in like 10 episodes. <laughs> Star Wars is my favorite thing. It's my favorite pop culture thing. So when I am reading a Star Wars book that I don't like, I still am hugely enjoying it because I love Star Wars. And I think that it's important for our listeners to understand, even though we make fun of Star Wars stuff a lot, we're doing a Star Wars podcast because we love it, not because we hate it. Yeah. So the reason why I thought I would talk about that is because there is a lot of talk. Importantly, it's a good thing to talk about, is positivity in fandom. Because what happens a lot is there's gatekeeping. There's people that say, you're not a real fan if so-and-so. We make fun of that all the time <laughs> and talk about real fans. But we're doing it from a point of view of making fun of those people. Uh, but I think that that is different than openly talking about problems you have with certain books or, or movies or things. There's a difference between targeting an individual and saying negative things about that individual person, and you're an idiot because you believe this. It's also different if you say it to your, one of your best friends <laughs> who knows you are kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because yeah. we call each other idiots all the time well, I'm on this definitely show. kidding when I say you're idiots for liking the prequel. Shut up. Oh, so, boy. And Riley sucks when we don't like him on the show, but <laughs> rate and subscribe and come on the show. Um... <laughs> So it's different when it's your best friend and you can poke fun at each other than when you're yelling at somebody on Twitter saying you're an idiot, only idiots like the prequels or whatever. Yeah. Do you guys back me up on this? No, I hate you. Okay, well, <laughs> screw Riley. No, he's right. You're right, Jacob. Okay. I agree. Oh, Jacob, wow. <laughs> Wait. Isaaciel and Rylus and Jacob. <laughs> Isaaciel, where do you come down on this? Because we're kind of negative on the show. What? What I want to say, I I like you said you talk about how like you jab at your your friends. That's how I've been thinking about Pope. this. Thank you. <laughs> he really just poked him. I know we're friends, and it's okay that you did that. <laughs> I poked his knee with my finger. Actually, I I tried. It was too far away. <laughs> I'm short. My arms are small. And you see, we're saying that like friends. It's okay. Shut up. Oh my god, I hate Isaac so much. <laughs> That's where I, I come down on it because I think sometimes there's a reluctance to come down on Star Wars because it's almost like an association with being like a mean person or a negative person when like sometimes a lot of my like negative thoughts on Star Wars are kind of like what, how you would like joke with friends. Like I'm, I'm never usually being that serious about it. And even if it's like something that I find completely egregious about Star Wars, it doesn't honestly affect my overall thought of the, of the franchise where like, if one of my close friends does something I think is completely like legitimately dumb, like I'm not a fan, but that doesn't mean like we're gonna end the friendship right now. I disagree. Or, like, and, I hate uh, that. See you guys. <laughs> Been a long time coming. But you know where I'm coming from, though. Where it's like it's because you don't like what one of your friends did. That doesn't mean that you're not friends anymore. That just means that like there's one aspect of them that you can kind of compartmentalize because you're a human with emotions and nuance to your cognitive whatever. The reason we bring this up is, like, it's fun for me. Like, I was, like, heated and, like, faux angry about Thrawn. But that's just, like, I have fun doing that. Like, it's how I engage with pop culture. I just find it fun 
Unless, to it, engage unless with it Zack that Snyder way. did it, then he's all over it. Guys, he's the best director in the world. <laughs> Not <laughs> true at all, by the way. It's funny how like something that's part of nerd culture, something like MST3K or Rift Tracks, the mm-hmm. entire conceit of that is that you're making fun of pop culture. And so something like that can exist. And I think people can differentiate like they're just making fun of this thing and, and they their lives aren't being affected by this bad sci-fi movie. No. So, okay. So here's the reason why I bring it up is because we find it fun to engage in things a lot of times by, by poking fun at it, but obviously we, we love it. We embrace the bad with the good and there's imperfection in all of Star Wars things. It bothers me when people tiptoe around criticism of the film's and, and and like me and Isaac are self-professed prequel fans, but we got really in the weeds with like plot holes and character issues and the way the whole entire plot arcs played out from a, like a moral point of view. <laughs> because even though we love the thing, we could find flaws in the thing. And it almost strikes me as like anti-intellectual when people refuse to engage with flaws like in literature. And honestly, and I, I, I don't mean – I'm not calling anybody out because we love Star Wars podcasts and things. But in that community, I honestly think a part of it is because people know that, hey, Dave Filoni might come on my podcast. I don't want to say anything bad about Rebels because he might come on the show. And we love Star Wars books, and I would love it if a writer came on the show. But I'm also not – as a fan of books and Star Wars, I'm not going to not say a negative thing about something. I don't think that if you like Thrawn that you're a bad person. I just didn't like it, and I'm going to tell you why. It's the same principle as if someone has, like, food smeared on their face – like it's not something that they want, but if you're not going to tell them, I disagree them, with this analogy. By the way, gonna, if you're not going to tell them they have food on your on their face, are you really doing them any benefits? Because you're trying to avoid the. You are literally <laughs> making the complete opposite point that I want to make. You're making the what? opposite point. I am not saying. I'm saying the opposite. That's like what? saying there's something objectively wrong with this thing. I'm not saying there's anything objectively well, wrong with Thrawn. I'm saying, you know, like, like that was kind of my example. Is like, I can see how th- somebody would love Thrawn. I have issues with it. I'm going to explain why. I don't why. say what you're talking about saying different than what I'm talking about. Listeners, they've started stabbing each other. <laughs> I'm poking you with condiments so you know what food on But you can't reach because like. you're too small. That's true. <laughs> but we're friends. No, no, no. The food on the face thing is like, that person has something wrong with them. I'm going to tell them. I think that in my subjective opinion, there's something I don't like about this piece of work, but I don't think that it's like... Something they need to wipe off their face. I, I just, you know what I mean? Like, maybe not. Guys, maybe we're all saying the same thing. I haven't said anything yet. The key to the force is opening your heart. Riley, go yeah. ahead and say something. What's going on? Um, I'm more divorced from Star Wars fandom than these two are. Because Chaotic neutral. Yeah. I No, I, I just don't listen. I've never, I don't listen to any Star Wars podcasts. Me and Isaac listen enough for both of you. I know. Wait, I, I follow. <laughs> <laughs> I follow. I follow a few people like that on on Twitter, but not not that many. So I'm just kind of. I know what I like, and I talk to my friends about Star Wars, and that's about the only discussion I get on Star Wars. So for me, the the positivity thing doesn't. It just. I just don't run into it as much as they do. Um, all I'll say is I I would prefer to err on the side of being positive over over the yeah the of course of that now in in but i agree with you that there is a there's a point where you can just be i feel like we're we're aware that we're never going to get dave filoni on this <laughs> this podcast so Only we're by not, mistake we're not afraid <laughs> if he accidentally calls our number instead of the full yeah, Sith number that's about it so we're we're not a, we're not too worried about um I don't want to say sucking up because I don't think that they that people are sucking up. I do. Well, okay, <laughs> Jacob does, but 
Okay, I'm Jacob now. <laughs> just officially, <laughs> just Jacob for, canonically, for I'm a show. You're Jacob. Anyway, I don't. I don't have that much to well, add because I, I'm not. No, I'm no, not no. a part of the fandom as as I'm not. I'm gonna say not that, part of it. What you said right there that kind of uh, reminded me. That's one of my the the people that I've I've really enjoyed. And this isn't even podcasting. This is just like terrestrial radio. Like a a, a guy in Columbus, Jimmy, man. who's been around. Yes, who's been around for a long time in Columbus. Long time. And oh. his his main concern is like providing a good show for his listeners. And so if that means that he has to say something about someone like in the sports world or in the sports media that may not that would upset that person. Like he's openly said that there's several people like in the local sports scene in national who don't like the show, like want the guys off of the air pretty much because they're saying critical things. <laughs> he doesn't sacrifice the quality of his show just to try to suck up to people to get him on into like become friends with someone that he isn't inclined toward. And I kind of like that model of like giving someone an honest assessment of a thing that you like to give a good quality product to a listener. I, th I think it's important to, again, state that we're not calling specific podcasts or people out because that's, that's what we don't like. We're not trying to, we're not trying to say a, a specific person in the fandom is, you know, no, 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 or anything. We're I, just talking in general. The concise so. point that we're trying to make is that it's, there's a difference between and I say this because We've amongst the Star Wars, lives. that's true. <laughs> because amongst the Star Wars podcasting community, which it is, there's a lot of talk about positivity and fandom because there's a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of negativity towards individuals. There's a difference between being negative towards individuals and yeah. saying you're an idiot because you have this opinion and finding negative things about Star Wars media and and criticizing it yeah. in a like true open fashion. I also think. And this is getting into just me wanting to complain about things. <laughs> Jake's yes. the big corner. Open it up. Complainatorium. I think we should call it the the complainatorium. <laughs> Jake's Come to Cloud City. <laughs> Jake's complainatorium. The positivity in fandom expands to more than just Star Wars. So, like, I'm a. I love comic book movies. I love Marvel, and I do love DC. I love those movies. I've seen Man of Steel and BVS a million times. I like those movies. I will engage with the flaws of them, but if you are going to make your entire Star Wars persona being positive about Star Wars fandom, you can't also then say that if you like this movie in the DC universe that you're an idiot. That expands to everything. You can't... I just want to make it clear, because I feel like some Star Wars fans are like, well, yeah, there's positivity in Star Wars, but if you like Batman v Superman, you're a pile of garbage. I mean, I'm not going to disagree. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't care if you disagree. I no, just, just think, kidding. yeah, don't call people idiots for liking a thing, unless it, they're right to be called stupid for it, and then it's fine. <laughs> Can we make that the point that what you just said right there is what we've been trying to say in a thousand words? Don't say pictures with a thousand words. So we're just going to put a picture on Twitter instead of releasing this. Don't episode. call people stupid for liking a thing. Like unless I think you're that's like what it. I think friend. that's what it, unless <laughs> you're their friend. You know, don't. Yeah, it, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Just be nice to people yeah. and be nice to us because we're sad be nice to us. I'm sad. All we the can't time. handle criticism. Yes, Jacob, a lot of cry. You know, a, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of animosity comes from people who get more and more uh, detached from the reality that this is make pretend that none of this is real <laughs> this is all very inconsequential to, we're all to just life mr itself. rogers puppets really yes we are call me king friday the 13th for all i care i will jacob being king friday the 13th thanks someone listen i like his name better <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like it's people become very passionate about this and that's i think sometimes where 
I'm not saying that you're dumb if you take this stuff seriously. I mean, I, I take Star Wars too seriously. I can admit that I'm podcasting about it right now. <laughs> So, guys, here's the thing. We're back after a long pause. <laughs> we don't remember what we said in the first part we of took it. A break. Something about being nice to people. I'm yeah. over that now. Not interested. Yeah. Anyway, what we want to talk about for this episode, what uh, Jake's uh, little thing at the beginning kind of alluded to, a little bit, I guess. I guess so. I don't re- sure, we really it? don't remember. It was a long time ago. We, we ate dinner for like three hours, and yeah. then we came back to finish this. We're, we'll let history decide. But we wanted to talk about tonight was our general feelings. We're going to do a sort of a uh, State of the Techno uni- Union address <laughs> on this, the, the state of Lucasfilm. Very good. He's Thank been holding you. on to that one. Very yep. good. Right in my butt pocket. <laughs> the state of Lucasfilm as it's currently constructed. We, we're kind of going to go maybe from the, the last days of George holding it, like post, post-Revenge of the Sith, up until the, the day we're at right now. As Grand Moff Talkin likes to do, we'll go around the table and get our general thoughts and slowly get more specific as the conversation goes on. Or more broad! I guess my general thoughts, and I literally have not thought about it until this very second that we started doing the show. So, this is real... This is part of our charm. For sure, this is exactly how I feel about it, because I've thought a lot about it. I love Star Wars now. I really like everything that we're getting. My fears, though, um, when the sale was announced in 2012 was that it would move Star Wars into a Marvel-esque universe. And I love Marvel, as mentioned in our first segment. I love the cinematic universe of Marvel, and I love comic book movies. But Star Wars, to me, there was a um, satisfaction in the artistic vision of one man. No matter what you felt about that, you knew that it was the same guy in charge the whole time, even though different collaborators came and went. And I was concerned that this trilogy that had wrapped up pretty nicely was going to be continued. And then my real fear was the um, standalone movies because it started to feel like if we get a Star Wars movie every year, is it less special? Because I was starting to, like, around the time when Rogue One was going to be coming out, that's probably the the bottom of my Marvel fandom was around that time, and I was like, ugh. Now I'm just... There's no, like, bad Marvel movies, but I am just kind of resigned to being like, ugh. Like, I liked Civil War. I loved it the first time, and then I realized, I guess there's not a lot there. It doesn't really hold up the repeat viewings. Like you quietly... Movies. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you quietly nod your head at the end, and then you just move on to the next Marvel movie. Yeah, no, movie. I loved it while I was watching it, and then I watched it again, I was like, that doesn't really hold up too well, does it? There's a lot I didn't like about that. And then, like, what else came around that time? Like, Doctor Strange and all these ones were just like... And even Ant-Man, which is really fun, you watch it again, it's like, ah, there's just not a lot there. And the thing with Star Wars is there's a lot there to digest. I guess this is the long way of saying, when Rogue One came out as the first standalone movie, I was like, no, I see this. This movie feels essential in the Star Wars canon. It adds something to the existing Star Wars universe. It's a fantastic movie that you can watch countlessly and get something out of it. But also around that same time, the Marvel movies have really picked up this year for me. I've liked basically every superhero movie I've seen this year. I really love Spider-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor looks really, really good. And I think what I've realized is that as long as you have really interesting directors who do something interesting with the material then it will be fresh, and it will be creative, and it will be interesting. It, it, it is only stagnant when it's only good and not 
striving for greatness. I think as, as, as long as Star Wars keeps striving to be great, then I'm on board. Well said. Riley, what's, what are you feeling? I really like the direction things are going. There's always there's always that fear that it could stagnate and, and get a little bland and boring. But in my opinion, I don't think more Star Wars is a bad thing. Even even in the in the past when um we weren't getting movies all the time, even like the years after, you know, the twenty years between the, the OT and the and the PT, there was Star Wars stuff coming out all the time that I was partaking of. Whether it was video games or books or not so much cartoons or anything like that, there was there was no movie stuff. But there were so many games and so many books and stuff that were happening all the time, and I never, I never fell out of love with Star Wars until after after the prequels came out, and then I you know sort of dropped off for a little while until Disney bought it, and then I was back on board. And it's not really because the the quality got worse because it it was all about the same. There were there were good books and there were bad books. But it was just, I felt like Disney buying it brought some life into Star Wars that had been lacking for a little while since since right. Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I, in, as you may have guessed, I kind of soured on the on the prequels after they yeah. after they came out. But <laughs> and, and, but even that, like the, the Clone Wars was good. I was kind of late to get on the Clone Wars train just because I didn't really watch it the first couple of seasons. Um, but. I just thought it, it breathed some new life into Star Wars, and I was excited about that. And I think, like, right now, I'm happy with everything that has come out since then. I really like Rebels. There's there's still low spots, just like there was back in the day. Low bots. There's low bots, like back in the day. Low Rider. Low Rider is low also fall. back in the day. There's so many lows. Lothal, according to Mark Thompson. <laughs> but there's lots of highs, too, you guys. Um... And and so I'm I'm. We were all for a second trying to think of any Star Wars reference that had the word high. I know I couldn't think. We couldn't. None of us could do it. But until something bad. High Gunjin. There you go. High Gunjin. You got it. Terrible. Until something bad comes out, I'm I'm still on board with the Disney owned Star Wars. Even the Han Solo movie. I. A lot of people thought that you know like oh does this really need to be made? Why are they doing this? There's many. There's so many good subjects. And while I agree there are probably better subjects, uh, you know, it's it's more Star Wars, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to like it unless it's actively bad. I guess that's my thoughts. I'm happy I'm happy with where Star Wars is right now. Yeah. We're being oh, so respectful and friendly to each other. I also want to say I was, like, fully on board with the axing of the old canon or, or just, like, choosing selected things. Like, a lot of people got annoyed by that, but I thought that was exactly what, star wars needed it just needed to be unburdened from even the stories that were good like you can bring them back in different forms but it needed it needed a, a reset and i think which, that was a great decision which i find interesting from someone who is as, as invested in the old eu as oh, you were yeah, i love the eu because yeah. i know what i mean the the bring back legends people bring back eu people are uh, loud and sometimes but can you imagine <laughs> like it's set if they had stayed with the old eu these movies are set the new ones are set 30 years after. Oh, you couldn't do it. it it'd was, be the Yuzhen Vong. It'd be like Dude, some crazy. It'd you'd be, be awful. You'd be right in a closet. I mean, right. you, you'd have no room. Right. It, it would be insane. I mean, like to me, I obviously was not invested in the old EU at all, as you know from our EU episodes. <laughs> but as, as a comic book reader, you need to reboot the canon every once yeah. in a while because eventually it gets so insane 
the you're writing around continuity as opposed to just like what's the best story we can tell it's like well this is technically the best story i can tell but i have to deal with such and such and such and such and such, and such from different writers who have made bad decisions maybe or just limiting decisions so eventually you're no longer telling the ideal story you're telling the only story you can within the circumstances you don't want to get crazy with rebooting stuff all the time but you know once every 30 years is a decent number to do it i'd say <laughs> yes it's a really weird balance that these companies have to strike these days because i mean their ultimate goal is to make money and yeah. the, you want to make the most money for the least amount of effort and that in movies these days, I mean, it's the examples are everywhere. The biggest money makers are the established franchises. The top box office every year is Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, and they're bringing back the yeah. the Jungle Book. They're bringing back the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 spinning the hits over again because they know it's going to make money. You don't have to invest a lot of time <laughs> into retelling a story. And that, thinking back to like my general thoughts on where Lucasfilm is right now. I, I mentioned like at our in our very first episode, I think, how I I was personally okay with Star Wars just kind of slowly riding off into the sunset because I was such a fan of the the one through six saga. I had knowledge of the EU and I wasn't too invested in the EU and it's one of those like Star Wars was Star Wars was never going to completely die. I, I find that to be kind of a narrative that's kind of taken up these days by people who wanna demonstrate how great new Lucasfilm is versus how bad it was before for whatever reason where they're they're saying like oh the only thing that was going to happen was detours and that was it and then we were just gonna like Star Wars was gonna slowly die I don't think that was ever necessarily going to be the case no I mean isn't it true that I mean Lucas had ideas well for a, a sequel trilogy I was gonna say Kasdan had like I the the script for Han Solo I think predates the uh the Disney sale if I'm not mistaken, or at least a treatment of it. Yeah. Sure. Like, I have no knowledge, so I'm going to assume you're 100% I correct. had heard somewhere that Lucas, like, was at least warm to the idea of letting Lawrence Kasdan do a Han Solo movie at some point. We but, started to look for, like, sources and facts before we hit record, and then we decided against it. We realized we would just kind of go with feelings. <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned this off air, but James Bonding is a podcast. Hey. They have a slogan, we're lovers, not experts. That's what we are here, too. <laughs> we are followers of the- And we're people who rip off other podcasts. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're followers of the Force on this podcast, and as Qui-Gon said- the key to the force <laughs> is an open heart. Hopefully, that <laughs> episode came out before this one. I so hope it doesn't. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what? And if it hasn't, then that's just Isaac's thoughts. But yeah, so Lucasfilm is slowly trickling away, apparently. And then I, it's it, it's funny that in my mind there's any sort of trepidation at all for the future of Star Wars because I've never been as into Star Wars as I am right now, and that's largely thanks to the content that's being provided to us. But it's it, it ultimately comes down to, I think, the way George Lucas ran things versus the way Disney ran things, that's always been kind of one of my sort of things. Once again, we're going to say Disney, Lucasfilm, interchangeably. Yeah, to me, obviously, there is a difference between, like, Marvel and Fox and what you yeah. call a Marvel movie, and the, but like nobody's calling a Star Wars movie a Disney movie. Well, yeah, like yeah. how the McDonald's Corporation owns Chipotle. Do you ever think about McDonald's at any point inside of Chipotle? <laughs> but when we say, I think it's safe to say that what we're talking about is Star Wars. Yeah, I would yeah. say it like, doesn't matter to me. Like I don't really care. Please but. just play ball with us. That's all we're asking. <laughs> just come out, get grab your stick, and we'll throw a nugget up in the air, and you'll hit it with your stick. We're just gonna play ball. <laughs> 
Jake, have you ever played sports before? Like any sport? (laughs) What I he's probably actually perfectly explained the rules of cricket. We just don't know it. (laughs) We are a podcast based in the U.S. Okay, so (laughs) once again, back to my original sticks and nuggets. Go on. (laughs) But um, George Lucas had a way of running things. But I, I actually enjoy the way that Kathleen Kennedy and company are running things. You can tell that they are very conscious of the fact that if they're going to have their stories accepted and loved by the general pop of Star Wars fandom. What they need is to make it feel like it's part of that. Like in what I really think they've done a super good job of that, of not making it feel like it's been detached from what Star Wars is. But maybe we'll talk about more as time as this episode goes on. But one of my fears is that it's almost like a a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where they're going to be so afraid to let Star Wars fail, that it's going to fail hard at some point. Yeah, I, I think that that's sort of my fear, too. Like, to get into to we- wearies. Wearies? <laughs> to get into what wearies. about wearies? Well, to get into worries, rather. <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about this in the show, but it's a good thing that Kathleen Kennedy, who is the new president of Lucasfilm, she's not a, the president of Disney, am I correct? <laughs> He's correct in that. Yes, yeah, you okay. are correct in that. So, she is... You know, guess who was the president of Lucasfilm before Kathleen Kennedy? Who? It's George <laughs> George Lucas. G.E. Orgel Lucas. So she kind of is the new George Lucas, right? And if George Lucas fired the, you know, if, if he was going to do a sequel trilogy and he wanted to do like what he did on the original trilogy and have different directors do the movies and he fired a director, no one would be like, what? He's crazy. Right. They'd be like, good. That's fine. He wants to make a good movie. Yeah, it's his. So, and we want the best movie possible so it is good that we have someone steering the ship that intensely cares about the quality of star wars right here's my they, that movie's gonna make a bunch of money no matter what the quality is right. eventually if there's a bunch of flops it won't but for now if a star wars movie comes out it's gonna make money so it's nice to see that they're in they want it to be good not exactly. just make money they could yeah. just coast right, right. and they're not yeah, doing that absolutely my concern is this this came up on on twitter the other day um a Probably not a fan of the show, but a, a <laughs> host of Full of Sith, Brian Young, or Star Wars podcaster, said, I can't believe that people want Christopher Nolan to direct a Star Wars movie. How insane. He, he doesn't have the right voice or whatever for that. And that's fine to have that opinion. But to me, the thing that, for me personally, Isaac. As a Star Wars fan? As, as a person. As a doer of news. I feel that the entire purpose of having a standalone movie detached from the main saga is exactly what the books have, which is you can have different genres. You can have different voices, different tones. Like I am not a huge Chuck Wendig fan, but I'm going to dive into the aftermath here in the next couple of weeks and read it. But that guy has a distinct voice and a distinct tone and a way of approaching star Wars. that I don't particularly enjoy, but a lot of people do, but he's contributing a lot to the star Wars canon. Why would you have standalone movies and be able to tell supposedly any story you want in the Star Wars universe, have the expanded universe, but on the screen, which seems like a dream come true. But if everything is just Rogue One and TFA over and over again, yeah, and it's this very careful, meticulous balance between, well, I mean, we can be a little dark, but I mean, guys, we have to have a guy making jokes all the time too. We, I love Rogue One, but we should be able to have a Christopher Nolan Star Wars movie, is what I'm saying. There needs to be room for a Star Wars movie that's out there and weird and has a different tone. Even if you don't like it, 
let it happen so we can we need to figure out what the boundaries of this universe are that's when you're talking about like we need different voices in star wars different artistic voices i think it was one of those things where you know like when when you you move into a new house and you have all sorts of like big ideas for what you're gonna do to the living room and the patio and stuff don't get any big ideas they're not gonna happen no and (laughs) radiohead reference Mm, great oh yeah we're talking radiohead guys there you go shan mark sidebar (laughs) (laughs) okay Mm-hmm. But you co-sponsor get, of the episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert, thanks, Robert. Robert you, and Chan. Just like anything else in life, you get big ideas for like a project or whatever. But all of a sudden, like maybe whatever events transpire, you get into a comfort zone, and some of those big ideas don't transpire because you don't need them. And so I think when the sale first happened, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get all sorts of voices in here. We're gonna have standalone movies, and we're gonna get weird." But all of a sudden, Rogue One comes out and TFA comes out. And almost like the reception is almost too good because now that the these have been so mm-hmm. well received, and I'm not going to call them safe movies necessarily, but they've they've followed the beats of what makes Star Wars great to such a a, a close playing along that maybe at this point Lucasfilm doesn't feel that they need to to get weird to get new audiences. They're like, oh, so this is working. Like the, there was really nothing broken with Star Wars. We can if we keep doing this over and over again. This is going to work, and so I wonder what the breaking point is for people kind of burning out on the Rogue One TFA sort of concept. Can I talk about that? You mentioned, you know, that, like they're not safe movies, but they kind of are at the same time. Like, yeah. I think it, it's very, very calculated risks because, yes, it was a risk for J.J. Abrams to pick up Episode Seven and not give ever the possibility of Luke and Han having a scene together. Yeah. That is a risk. Yeah. People wanted to see the main gang, all three together on screen, and that's never going to happen now. Yep. That was a risk. It was a risk to kill Han Solo. However, he packaged it in the most safe summer blockbuster <laughs> format humanly yeah. possible. So, yes, there were like, a couple risky story elements within the film. Rogue One, risky story element of killing all the main characters in a movie, ostensibly for children. Yeah. Risky story element, but the way that the film was made was very straightforward and packaged like, a you know, modern summer blockbusters. So, to me, they're not risky films. It's not like they're David Lynch movies or something. Like, they're not structurally or artistically risky movies. I want to see a movie that's like, what can a Star Wars movie be? How far can we go without it not being Star Wars? And I know that Riley wants to talk about a certain video game right now. No, oh, no, okay. I actually don't. <laughs> okay. No, I want to. I want to tell you my like my biggest hope and dream with what you're saying right there. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the day we get a Star Wars story. It could be by Nolan. It could be by anybody. It'd be great by Nolan, where we don't see a single character we've seen before. Like yeah. like in in Rogue One, you know the main cast is not are not known quantities, but you do see Vader. You cut to Vader a lot. You see, um, you see Leia, you see Mon Mothma, Tarkin. Tarkin. So you're, you're getting, you're getting a lot of iconography of the Death Star. And yes, like exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Han Solo movie, obviously <laughs> we yeah. can have a movie of Han Solo. Not that I don't like that. I think I, I probably have higher hopes for Han Solo. It's than funny, most, but it's, I'm just saying, I want a movie where we don't know anybody well, and to get, see what they can do. Well, it's interesting. It's it's almost like a trope of Star Wars where, like, everyone is a contemporary of somebody where even if there's not, like, Darth Vader and Han Solo aren't in every movie, there's at least someone who knows someone 
there's always some sort of connection like hey star wars most eisley <laughs> grand moff tarkin there's always That's some like sort the of... young jedi knights books yeah all, yeah, all the eu exactly. books that we're reading yes. right now yeah because it's like every piece of star every thing that's been produced of star wars ever has had some sort of illusion even like something like old republic there are things there to remind you that you're in star wars yeah you got the jedi you got the sith you yeah. have lightsabers yeah i mean obviously there are tent poles of, of those kind of things right but like i'm reading inferno squad right now and it's so great to have a book where i don't know any of the characters yeah that's yes that like they mentioned the emperor existing mm -hmm. but and they, but he I doesn't think, have any lines. You never see him, right? Unless, and I haven't finished it. I'm, That's true. Hey, according either. to my Kindle, seventy percent through. Maybe <laughs> Darth Vader is the main character in the last thirty percent of the book, <laughs> but you don't know anything about these characters, and the story they're going on has nothing to do with like they're not trying to blow up the Death Star. They're not right. trying to go to the, I don't know, Coruscant. Yeah, the they're not four. Yavin Four. They're not <laughs> trying to. They're not connected to something that's in an existing Star Wars movie. Now, I mean, they are connected to Rogue One, which is new canon, yeah. in the fact that they're trying to infiltrate um, the remainders of Guerrera's guys. But that's kind of cool, because we've barely seen anything about those characters. Anymore. Right. I want... I think what we're all talking about is something that dares to break away from the surefire iconography of Star Wars. What I'm... And what we're talking about, that, that is my main thing, I think, Maybe we can talk about this where I with George Lucas, no matter what your assessment of the quality of it was, you knew he was going to get weird. The prequels were nothing that 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 people were expecting. Like he he took a risk and like it's it's almost it's just part of his personality where he like by design, he's not connected to Hollywood. He's not part of the, the bigger Ferris wheel like he's off by himself doing his own thing just to be a stubborn old man about it. But that's just his yeah. personality. And now what we're getting is it, it's it's very very it, it's corporate like it's, it sounds like a, a bad word these days but it is I mean Star Wars is corporate now and Star Wars has that sort of feeling like it's almost reverse engineered to make us love it which we're loving it so far yeah I mean it, it, it's tricky because that's not a bad way to make a movie like hey what do people love let's make a movie with, yeah where, which we know people will enjoy I I think it was J um, J Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan they talked about when they were trying to write the script, they said, what would delight us? Like, what do we want to see in a Star Wars movie? And that's a great way to approach making a Star yeah. Wars movie. What do people want to see? But I think what George Lucas was always striving to do is what what can I give people that they don't know that they want yet until they've seen it? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that didn't work, according to at least one human being that exists named no Riley. Comment. And I'm pretty sure there's no other people to disagree. <laughs> but that's what they're not doing to me. With the exception, I, I guess, of, of Rogue One, to some extent, where I didn't know that I could be that invested in this, like, tight-knit group of characters that I think it's killed by the end of the movie. <laughs> right. That's a great None thing. None of them survive. But, you know, is it possible to have a movie... Like, George Lucas saw himself as, an, like, an indie director. He, I mean, he literally was an independent film director. He just happened to make billions of dollars. I was say, wasn't A New Hope the only movie made, like, with other people's money? The rest of the... Right, it was all his money. was basically his money. He would put all of his money into it every time and go basically broke and then make mm -hmm. it all back when the movie came out. And I know that no studio wants to give an indie film director full power. I mean, they say they're doing that with Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Which is great. Like but we talked about, though, I think it's because he's doing a good job at it. 
<laughs> that's the thing. Like I, he's obviously people say he's taking risks, and that was in the in the teaser thing that came out. Everyone's like, it's going in so many new directions, and like they're almost hyping up the fact right. that guys, don't worry, this one will be a little different because looks dead. Okay, <laughs> no. don't he's and not. listeners don't ask. Isaac on Twitter about this terrible yeah, theory. Darth he has. Goody, thank you so much for. Hey, yeah, Darth you know Goody on Twitter is really feeding the troll. More like Darth Isaac. Goody friend. No, no, and that's also him. not a good thing. <laughs> but you know, as much as Kathleen Kennedy talks about, yes, we're we want all different kinds of directors and visions and things coming in. To me, I want them to be straightforward about what it is they actually want because DC said the same thing, right? They're like, yes, we want this to be a director studio. People can come here and do their visions. And then they kept cutting. <laughs> like, yeah. They cut like an hour out of Batman Superman. And then they totally butchered Suicide Squad. And then they, you know, they're bringing in. They, they fired Michelle McLaren off of Wonder Woman. It's like, hey, now I think Jeff Johns is out there saying, yeah, we, we want to make really safe, good DC <laughs> movies that we know people are going to like. And that's cool with me, man. Just be yeah. straightforward. Don't be like, we're going to be like an artsy studio making crazy movies. <laughs> If you want to make safe popcorn movies for everybody, that's totally fine. Well, the the thing is, under Lucas, and this is actually documented, it was actually interesting. This kind of goes to a broader subject, which we're definitely not prepared to talk about. <laughs> but I remember on, I think it might have been my Star Wars story, which is actually a pretty, pretty good podcast. A guy named Scott, uh, Scott Rifen puts it together. He gets like... It's called My Star Wars Story. Yeah, he's had like... The latest one is uh, David Collins, and he's had like Anthony Bresnikan, all the like big names and Star Wars media and whatnot on there mm-hmm. like to tell their Star Wars story. And he had this one uh, lady on. I think she's a doctor. And um, she mentioned how like way back in the days of Lucasfilm, that's maybe kind of where the, the gender divide started to st- kind of began, where at least back in those days, like... A, her evidence anecdotally was that women tended to go off maybe in like the fan fiction direction and the boys kind of went off into making fan films and Lucasfilm like went out of their way to kind of celebrate the fan films and to even hold like contests for like the best Star Wars fan films whereas they may put a little bit more effort into like maybe putting out a cease and desist or making the kind of discouraging fan fiction. Fan fiction always gets like a little bit worse rap than if you yeah. make a fan film, you're like, Oh, that's cool. If you write fan fiction, if you tell someone you write fan fiction, they're going to immediately be like, Oh yeah, that is true. So and that's it's, kind of a bummer. Yeah. But that point aside, um, George Lucas always seemed to be someone who celebrated the, the craftsmanship of film. He was doing that. And then we've talked about it ad nauseum. At least I have, the prequel documentaries, how many behind-the-scenes glimpses he gave us. Those web documentaries were called that because leading up to the release of the each individual prequel, there was a 12-part web series that took you behind the scenes. It's almost like you had such an intimate knowledge of how this film was made. Like, you really got to see the the, the food in production with the with old Star Wars. It's it's almost like George was, was wanting you to know what went behind this. Like, he wants you to know the good. He wants you to know the bad. Like, he wants people to make films. He wants people to try different things. And as opposed to Disney these days, where <laughs> Riley, come on, give me a second. But, I haven't said anything <laughs> yet. I've had so many seconds. I haven't said anything yet. But with uh, with Disney these days, the they definitely have taken the marketing approach of we're gonna kind of have show restraint. We're going to give you little trickles as we've talked about. They're going to put the cast in front of a strobe light and make them dance in front of it because that's what people like, I guess, in anticipation of a movie. <laughs> how so terrible lost. it is to 
promote something that you're excited I about. So dance. Once again, it's just like me. Like I- I'm just always off put by having something marketed to me that I know I'm going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's like my wife waking up in the morning, like, "Hey, you want to be married to me?" I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> Does she do that often? We're, we're, we're already there. <laughs> I want to revisit this someday. Probably it doesn't really fit with the tone of this episode. I'd like to revisit Lucas as a director. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the stuff you're saying is not. I think what he specifically? Put, I think he pushed film forward with the technologies that he was very interested in and things like that. But as far as his actual directing and his style, I would not call it that progressive and that off. Like what? That's so much. Every conversation is just shot reverse shot. Throughout, yeah, exactly. Throughout yeah. all well, the prequels, and like his actual style as a director, I'm not going to say is like that visionary. That statement I made like wasn't about that necessarily. Just more I the know. fact that I think he was he was more of a person encouraging filmmaking, encouraging. Yeah, no, I get that. Encouraging you to become a creator. I wish not... he had encouraged people to direct the prequels. <laughs> he he tra- he tried. Well, I say like <laughs> well, I, yeah, I and nobody wanted to do it. Current current Lucasfilm is encouraging us to consume, which we're doing and we love it. <laughs> but I think Lucasfilm was encouraging creation, which is kind of a, a really neat thing to do that I don't think you're gonna gonna get a lot of anymore from a large corporation. It well, like, and it's interesting when you read like the making of Star Wars books. His vision for um, Skywalker Ranch was like a hangout place where directors could come and like have, hey, we have like an editing bay here. You can come edit your movie or just like hang out and like collaborate with people. He does. He loves collaboration to a certain extent, and we've talked about the interesting, almost um, apprenticeship type thing they have going on at Lucasfilm. Yeah, I do and, like, like that. That stuff is really cool. I don't know why we're dwelling on this because I don't understand exactly what it has to do with what we're talking about. Well, but I think that then versus now, I guess, kind of right. Yeah. Um. Now I want to talk about your Lucas as a director thing because it's interesting. I agree I with we, you. Can we? Let's Isaac, do a sidebar. Let's do a sidebar. Well, Isaac I briefly. Isaac has mentioned before he wants a Lucas episode, and I think okay, we'll. Save I think it. we we'll can do it. it. I think we can do a Lucas. We can make an episode out of we just can. talking about Lucas someday. Because I think even if you go back to A New Hope. His actual style, I don't know how distinctive it is, yeah. but his it's almost a tonal it's, thing, right? And all the best creators do this, but it's borrowing a whole lot. His, borrowing his a lot. style is borrowing a whole lot, which every which everyone does. But but when he talks know. about making Star Wars and writing it, he was always talking about chasing the right tone. He was always striving for a tone, and, and that's, that's kind of what all of his movies are like. That's where he excelled, I think. Is is the not the writing actual dialogue, but no. but the concept behind everything that he did, I think, is where Lucas really excels. Yeah. Anyway. That weird. was a weird sidebar. That was a weird sidebar. So basically now Disney and Lucasfilm uh, don't have cool yeah, chill-out sessions with the director. So what now what do we talk about? Well, I think you were kind of going somewhere, Jake. Where were you? I was going to say something, and it was so long ago, it's hard to remember <laughs> what it was. I'm going but I, to I go think... turn on a light, but continue talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did want to talk about um, fears, and we we talked about this a little bit in a. We don't talk about this a lot, but News Gun Ray, mm-hmm. um, the first time we did it on I think the listener questions episode, we talked because this is around the time when the um, Lord and Miller combo, <laughs> Frank Miller and Lord, got uh, fired from Han Solo, and. We talked about how we feel about things like that. I I kind of want a bad Star Wars movie. I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready to have a Star Wars movie that I can have a really passionately negative opinion about. I want somebody to take a risk that can irritate people. 
you know what I mean? Like the the Lucas the prequel movies, it evoked a strong reaction out of people. Like people really did either love or hate those movies. Like they they people still on a daily basis talk about the prequels. You can't go on a forum about any subject without somebody mentioning the prequels. You don't hear that about any other film franchise. We're like, hey, remember the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie? Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the people didn't like it and it sucked, but yeah, they're be- not still talking about it. Right. Yeah, people aren't talking Batman and Robin anymore. <laughs> right. And they are talking Batman v Superman, which is a movie that really irritated people to a degree that like it gets brought up all the time. But he made some bold choices. So I, I want somebody to be willing to make a choice bold enough to invoke a passionately negative reaction. Because even though people are – you hear some kind of outrage about the sequel trilogy, but it's all about how safe it is. That's right. like the lack of making a choice. And I don't feel that way. I, I love these movies. I wish that somebody that's, – that's why I would like them to bring in like some independent director I've never heard of. Hey, maybe a woman director. Wouldn't that be an insane idea that no one's ever done before? It's interesting to me that they have not they've not talked about what they're doing next. Like know. we we know Han Solo comes I out feel like early next year. Some and big issue behind the scenes because it seemed to be. No, I don't know if they're just playing know. it close. Can I close co- it because like they probably have things in production, Here's pre-production, at probably. Least. But I think. They are very aware of these conversations that we're having right now. <laughs> because, first of all, they're listening to our conversation. Hey, Kathleen. Come on the show, Kathleen. We know she listens. <laughs> Every week. And they're aware of the skepticism towards this Han Solo movie. And I think that because things didn't pan out with Boba Fett, whatever happened with that, things were. It was a bumpy ride to Rogue One. And I think that everyone was kind of surprised at how good it turned out. I would love for us. And it, it would be very unlike our show to do any kind of research, but to try to see if we can journalistically do a thing like what happened with that movie. Like, I want to know all the shakeup that happened. But I think that, that was a bumpy road getting to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. This Han Solo thing is obviously very bumpy. Yeah. I do believe that they are likely thinking we need to be careful with these movies. Like we're kind of barely making it. Even though they're being successful, right. we could flub this pretty easily. Which I do find so interesting for a property such as Star Wars. That it, I don't know. It's it's why I'm not a president of a corporation because it is like it's and that's the only reason. Exactly, I got the credentials, but it's. When yeah, but you literally are President Isaac. Thank you. People don't know that <laughs> you went to president school. Yeah. I only got a bachelor's, but um, but the thing is, like, it's the, a president of a corporation, like, of a multi-billion-dollar company. You have to account for. Like, is this going to cost us, like, $2.5 million in the long run? You also need an accountant to count those things, too. Oh, at least one. Sure. Maybe a scar. I got got a calculator (laughs) on my phone. Do we really need an accountant? I'll bet Kathleen Kennedy has a really nice calculator on her phone. She probably does all the accounting. Most likely, but yeah, it's it's these things you have to account for, which I think George legitimately didn't care about. Like, once again, like, he, in, in the grand scheme of things, he sold Lucasfilm for basically a sandwich, and he made... He, I would, I would argue well, that point. Well, really expensive, nice sandwich. I mean, not to us, but like four billion dollars is a lot of money to a lot of people. We <laughs> yeah, to look us, down it's on like oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is literally. Just, I have spent I, well, five billion dollars on a sandwich. Speaking me personally, <laughs> just observing <laughs> you personally for the the numbers that I see, how Lucasfilm they've basically made the money back 
Like Disney's made their money back on that investment already. That four billion, probably just with merchandising. The box office alone, probably after Han Solo or Episode Nine comes out, will exceed four billion dollars. That's probably true. Yeah, because well, there's probably what two billion. Combined. What are we a just... Forbes podcast now? Maybe talking about money. Hey, we're, are, we, uh, are we talking money? We're three under thirty right now, guys. <laughs> three only three twenty-seven away. <laughs> But it's it, it, these little I'm getting very close to not being with you guys there. <laughs> they, they they count they they can't lose two million here. They can't lose four million there. It's like they they have to account for every possible scenario. There, there's a reason. There's such a specific way that they market this. Uh, such a specific way they provide us with this information because it's also calculated these days. And I don't think it was that way necessarily in the old days. I got a hot take. Capitalism is bad. That's it. Oh, it took the words right out of my mouth. No, um, I want to see like an indie Star Wars movie. I want to see them be willing to do a low budget independent Star Wars movie. Yeah, Literally, that'll never happen. But I want them to do. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'd be good. They have billions of dollars to spare. Yeah, give ten million dollars to some independent filmmaker. Give him access to Jim Henson's Muppet Shop. <laughs> And be like, make a Star Wars movie for ten million. I think that out. I think the best you can hope for, like a ten million budget, is like a Netflix series. I don't. I don't. Which I, which I would actually I be great. I'd be cool with that too. A live action. Do a one off like forty five minute oh, Netflix special. Oh, that'd be so good. I just want them to do something yeah. kind of weird and strange. Yeah, I just. I really don't see that happening though, which is kind of unfortunate. It's like they they are just a, so fail phobic. It, it, it's probably never going to come to that. It, it's. It's. I do wonder where the. Once again, where that where that tipping point is, we've talked about the films. We haven't talked about um, the other media, in terms of like television and, and books, yeah, and radio programs. There's and only records. I think there's, I think there's only one area where they are lacking, where it it, it didn't used to be, and that's video games. Yeah, we have not sir. gotten anything good enough. Yeah. Like in Battlefront 2, I think is going to be good. It, it it's showing signs of it, but still, it's not, it's not my type did, of game. Did Lucas Arts die with the Disney sale? Yeah, Lucas oh, Arts is, Lucas Arts is gone. And there was a few still, games that were in development that got yeah, shot. I I think there's still technically something, but they're but they're not a publisher anymore. They don't they don't have money to do games. It's all it's all done through EA. It's all yeah yeah. I totally agree with you. I. I miss having adventure games. Yeah. Star Wars is perfect for those, and but nobody really makes them anymore other than like Naughty Dog. Right. Which the writer from the Amy Uncharted Hennig. games is doing the Star I'm Wars so games. So yeah, excited about exciting. that. But yeah, we Isaac would, I mean, hates video games. We would get it. Yeah, he doesn't like having fun. <laughs> we It's true. We used to get like a at least a video game every year from LucasArts. Oh yeah, for sure. Ugh. You know what, guys? What's interesting is that we survived decades of like sometimes subpar video games. Oh, how did we survive that? Sometimes subpar literature, sometimes subpar comics. Three that, super divisive movies. I know that there are people that have like so-called third world problems, but like these are legitimate. Like I don't really care about that stuff. I'd what? rather starve to death than have to endure subpar games, <laughs> and that's true. Boy, oh boy, mm, that might make it. <laughs> it might boy, not. Oh boy. Okay, so I thought you maybe would get more of a laugh and more support. Everybody <laughs> backed off of that one. More shock. <laughs> leaving, more shock. Leaving you alone on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Man. But we somehow endured all of that plus three super divisive movies. Yet somehow at the end of that, a few years later, they put out a new movie which was the number two grossing worldwide movie that has ever been made ever. And so I feel like the notion that if if 
new Lucasfilm screws up somewhere, that Star Wars is going to die a fiery <laughs> death. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just seems like a very misplaced notion. No, it's you not know going anywhere. Yeah. No, I mean, because look at this. Like, the DC movies have been all critically divisive nightmares from a PR standpoint, and yet Justice League's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are going to be on screen. So if we're going to go inside the, uh, the the boardroom of Disney directors in Lucasfilm, whoever, like, what, open up the boardroom what, machine. <laughs> what is? The, what are people so afraid of? Like it's it's Star Wars is not going to die. I'll Star tell Wars you what is not gonna of. fall off that far. I'll tell you what they're afraid of. Because online reactions to things now are so much more um it's like wildfire now. It's even more than the prequels. I mean, like the internet was certainly a thing in two thousand five. Right. But the level of pop culture outrage to things now is insane. Like Age of Ultron got like a 70-something percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It's a well-made movie with good performances, and people freaked out about that movie. And they, to the point where Joss Whedon had to go and quit. It's funny that, like, it's it does seem like corporations are so afraid of Mr. Plinkett that they, they that they're going to be paralyzed. I freaking hate that those, and those guys, if you watch that stinking channel anymore, they know that they are influencers. Those guys are so proud of their stinking opinion. Not I, ag- I agree. Yeah. I cannot watch them anymore because no. of how into themselves they are. They once again, not like our show at all. Not but like they us. No, we have some self awareness perhaps. They don't Which, like we're not, anything. We're not joking when we say this show is bad. <laughs> we realize we, it is literally a bad we show. Realize that it's bad. We don't seriously think it's great. It is literally a bad show that we like because we're on it. And, and we you like know ourselves. What? Lucasfilm, as you are listening right now, I promise. <laughs> If you put out something that I hate, I am still going to love 99.9% of everything else you do. So, if, and you I know what? I ain't going He's nowhere. incapable of hating it. He won't hate <laughs> if it. If Han Solo sucks, I'm still going to see the next one I'm that full, comes out. I'm fully capable of hating Han what Solo, What casual actually. fan is going to... I was going to say... And we're I mean, talking about real fans right now. Exactly. Real which fans Isaac only. really believes strongly that there are real fans and kind of fake fans. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of reasons why the boardroom would be scared. And it, it can't be... It's just money. Related. It's PR. It's it's all it's, it's PR. It's got to be PR. People but even know then, I, I don't know. The ubiquity don't... of the prequel hate is so strong. It, yeah. Like I said, people talk about it every day. It is refer. It is a reference that prequels are bad. That everybody yeah. just is. You know what shorthand. I do? I would put on earplugs <laughs> and swim in my gold coins if I were these people. But I guess there is something else at well, play. I think that they know that from a. But this is the mistake they're making from a fan perspective. You can never make anybody ha- everybody happy. I right. mean. You can never make everybody happy. You can make a lot of money off your Star Wars movies. Force Awakens was going to make a gajillion dollars anyway. Right. So I'm glad that they made the best movie they could possibly make. I guess the only thing that is at stake that I could think of is not Star Wars. Star Wars is not going to be at stake for unless we get 20 years of bad Star Wars movies. Star Wars is safe. Right. However, the people who work there right now are not safe. If, if, oh, if clearly one, not. If one person does a has a bad movie or something like that, they're not going to make another Star Wars movie, and mm-hmm. so they might never make a movie again. By the way, like yeah. Josh Trank. I was gonna say, he's, yeah, that's true. Where is he? He's never here. We that should check would, on him. <laughs> is he right? So that I think is motivation for people to play it safe. Is that their jobs are not safe, even if the franchise is. That's the thing. Like. That is what made Star- the thing that made Star Wars like really different is the thing that can George no Lucas can't it can fi- no longer yeah. it can no longer exist anymore because he didn't have to worry about like 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get fired <laughs> by me. <laughs> I think Spielberg is the only other person who has been in that situation before when he had his own, when he made his own studio, which now he doesn't even, he's not even. Like Amblin, he doesn't really even really. No, well, and, and DreamWorks and all that stuff, he's not, oh, right. it's not really the same like it used to be. He's not in the same safe position. But yeah, that that's never going to happen again where one person, one director or producer or anything has that much authority that's what i've always thought to myself too like it's 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 almost like the the old guy who ran the shop kind of moved out of town and like the the big box store sort of moved in where i mean it is like it's we're, we're and getting, like who needs a bunch of big boxes what a weird store to open i only buy them like once a week but the, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like it's i don't know it's like it for me personally like i think <laughs> George Lucas, for me, was part of the charm of what made Star Wars Star Wars. And He's I a real just, charmer. Yeah, so I guess there, it's never going to be... It's just charm oozing off that guy. Like pus, Chemistry really. with everyone. Oh. Uh, yep, pus. Charm. Pus. Charm, charm pus. pus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But it's... Let's get charm pus trending on Twitter, guys. <laughs> George Lucas, the, the, part of the appeal of uh, Star Wars. And so it was never going to be completely the same. And so now it is the way it is. I, I once like we're saying all this, but I really do think they're doing the best that they can do right now. <laughs> like not it's, enough. Exactly. <laughs> it's not enough, but they're doing the they're doing their best. I'm very excited to see where Star Wars goes after the the sequel trilogy is done. I think that's when they can that's really the open test. up. I was gonna say, like for me, I think personally that. <laughs> oh my goodness, you've said that seven times in the last minute. <laughs> I think just after, lean into it now. After Episode Nine. That I do think is going to say a lot about where their priorities are for Star Wars, because if they really do, I would consider anything within like five years of the end of Episode Nine, if they're going to jump into a new trilogy, for me that would be way too soon. And I think w if you were to see them just continue the Skywalker saga or continue whatever they're going to call a trilogy after that, I think that's where it might become a little bit genuinely disconcerting about where they're moving creatively. If they're willing to say the Skywalker saga is complete and we're going to tell Star Wars stories from now on, which may run adjacent to the sequel trilogy, may run adjacent to the original or prequel trilogy, but we're done telling the Skywalker tale. We wrapped up in a bow the vision that George Lucas had forever ago where you'd have three trilogies. And of course, the sequel trilogy isn't his vision, but at least you have nine movies kind of the way it was meant to be in the beginning. I, I think that that's that's what i want to i want them to have the, that would take that would be a risk that would be the kind of risk of like yes we're done with the saga films can we get a new saga we could have a new saga with new kit let's have young jedi knights for once so <laughs> a sagarera a sagarera movie guy <laughs> but <laughs> so i just want but yeah, you could have a new saga with new characters and new iconography. Create something new from the bottom up. Like maybe go three thousand years in the past. Go in the future. Go. <laughs> no, I want to go three thousand years in the past. Okay. Well, around what time was that? Maybe like canon wise. I don't know. It's like around like perhaps around like Knights of the Republic era. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I thought. So yeah, I, I feel that that's what I want as a fan. Just if you want to kind of scratch my belly and I make do. me feel good, I do. End the Skywalker saga for good. Tell new stories. And, 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 you know, like the standalone stories, I don't want those to become young Luke, 
Young Leia. Yeah, no, 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 no. Now, here's what I do want. Maybe we can move into television. Because we have Rebels, which is going to be ending. Filoni's clearly doing another show. Yeah. Because he's not even the showrunner, technically, of Rebels anymore. I forget the fellow's name who's well, doing it now. He passed it on to another guy. He's still the, like, the executive producer, but he's not the That's showrunner. Simon That's Kinberg, is it's it? It's Simon Pegg. So, <laughs> what I hope, another belly itch behind the ear scratch, would be for the show to be between Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah. Luke's Academy! <laughs> yeah, that would be the good. show. That would be a great show. <laughs> I want it to be. That. I had not Him even being considered maybe that. a good teacher. For I had a while. not even considered that. That's I, what it could be. That's what I really hope awesome. it to be. I mean, obviously, we well, see how he died. Good lord. <sighs> We should vote him off the show. <laughs> we have the majority. Sometimes I feel like you're, we have Zip, the majority. We do. Sometimes I feel like it's already happened. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Can we scratch your belly for a little bit? Nope. <laughs> but no, I think everyone wants a Netflix show. I just, I want one show and I want it to be between Jedi, between Force Awakens. What happened, guys? That has to be an untapped well that has so many possibilities because remember a lot of the legends novels took place between like zero and 30 years after return of the jedi yeah like yeah. it is plump full there's a lot of stuff that can it's go as on plump there. as Dee's fingers plump full i'll tell you what i full would was a plump it's begging to have its head hair cut off and then shaved <laughs> <laughs> right after you strap up your leather boots i really hope that this comes out before it your is. bonus episode I think so it there's is no context oh boy <laughs> listeners and don't tune in next week. Just assume that those are all Isaac's personal thoughts. <laughs> that makes sense to him. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have a, like a dream Star Wars show? I mean, people say Knights of the Old Republic as a show, but here's what I think. You could not do that. You could not do that show justice on a television budget, I don't think. Not live action. Uh, I, Animation's so good for Star Wars TV. Yeah. My quick mm. take on it that may not thrill Riley is I think that the Old Republic ultimately is... It's a large niche, but it's always going to be niche. Because no, that's fair. For sure. That's fair. So I don't know years ago. about the possibility of that becoming that. And I think the fact that they're leaving the Old Republic alone for the fans of it is kind of their bone that they're being thrown. The only thing that makes me um, disagree with that is that it seems to be a niche that a lot of current people in charge are very fond of. Yeah. Um, it's getting thrown into Rebels a lot. There's a lot of stuff from from that era. And maybe that's where it's going to end. Maybe they're just like, yeah, we really like this. We want to throw this ship in there. We want to throw Malachor in there. And maybe that's where it's going to end. But, um, yeah, it's it, it. that probably would not be my idea. I, this may, I may be in the minority as far as KOTOR fans go. I think I'm happy with the way that those games are. Um, I would, of course, play a KOTOR 3 if it ever came out. Right. But those two games to me are are perfect. They're kind of designed to be specifically for a video game. It would be hard to adapt yeah, that story. It's, I, there's, a, there's a very low percentage of, of game movie games that get turned into movies that turns out well. It's In just fact, like, it's 0%. It's not, yeah, it's zero. It's, <laughs> That's the lowest percentage it's, possible. It's bad. So mm. I don't know if you could adapt those. I mean, you could adapt them into something would, good, but I, I don't think that's what I'd want. I'm trying to think of what I would want as a like TV show. If you were going to make a TV show, it, from a marketing standpoint, you'd probably need to lean heavy into the whole Jedi versus Sith war sort of thing. I think yeah. that could move butts into seats is talking about it's, there's a war cool. a war with jedi and sith those are three words that people like i don't and think that you can do that justice though on a tv it'd be, it would look oh it'd be i don't know if you'd you have, have to do it that. animated so yeah. I, I think that's a good place guys what 
you want any yeah. closing statements, closing arguments? The books are definitively better now than they ever have been before. Uh, Overall. I think there's less of them. That's all, <laughs> that's, I'm, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> true, and they have not been able to move into a new territory that exists independent yeah. of the films. I'm, so I'm, that'll be the test, right? They, everyone has been very restricted so far with what they can write about. Once the floodgates open up after nine comes out, then I will be interested to see if the quality stays where it is. Restrictions are good. Yeah, for creativity. They really are. Uh, my really closing statement is simply that I love where we are right now. I miss elements of the past, and I really just hope that the people in charge don't cling on to the past so hard that it ruins the future wrong series cling on to the past jeez cling on yeah the past. that's actually oh, screen- oh star trek that's a screenplay i've been writing it's called cling on to the past <laughs> where uh, a Klingon goes back in time to so, by robert zemeckis if you would like to interact <laughs> with our show we are grandmoff talking at gmail.com if you'd like to email like uh, robert did once again hey robert robert this was robert robert you were Half of our ha- sponsor. You, sorry, you only got half of it. You were Grobert Moff talking in addition to Shanmark talking this week. Why so, were you Grobert? At Graham Moff talking Wallace on Robert. Twitter. At Riles <laughs> Bowman, that's his voice. <laughs> at me. Jacob Kreitz, that's not a voice right now, right. but now there it is. And at IREC, that's me. So for another illustrious week of Grand Moff Talkin', this has been delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley, Jake, and Isaac. And No. That was great. That was great. Quick sidebar. Do it. Um, that, I'll I allow might, it. that I might put at the end. Sustain. <laughs> okay, good. You're not going to like it. I w- would like you to go on the record here at the end of the episode. I'm putting this at the very end. Okay. About my take on K2SO and how you kind of agree with it now. <laughs> I, would like, I would like you, you said this to me, not on air. In confidence. In confidence. And now I would like you to say Patient for the Dr. record. Confidentiality. I'd like you to say on the record that my take on K2 not being sarcastic in that one scene was the correct one. Guys, okay. Riley was at my house. We got into this debate again. Go back and listen to our Rogue One, I think part two episode, where I talked about K2SO. Every time I saw this movie in theaters, which was a few times, everybody laughed at the line, one shot to the reactor core, the whole system goes down. That's how you said it. The whole system goes down. That's how you said it. The whole system goes down. Get to work, fixing your comms. And everybody laughed. And so I think because I was in an audience watching it, I was like, why is that supposed to be funny? It's not funny. I assumed that he was supposed to be sarcastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Riley asserted the opposite, and I yelled at him, and I threw things at him on the Rogue <laughs> One Part Two episode. However, we got into this at my house. There was a there was a few of us over. There was like a group of people, <laughs> and I was like, "We're putting it on. We're putting it on the movie." <laughs> so I put in Rogue One. We pulled up the scene, and Riley is right. I was wrong, <laughs> and everybody had no idea what I was talking about. They're like, "Yeah, he's not being sarcastic there." Thank you. So I lose. Thank you. You've won this round. I have won this round. But watch yourself. I'll be wrong <laughs> next time. I'll allow it, but watch yourself, counseling. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry.